Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here with Judging Freedom. Today is October 31st, Halloween, but this is no trick or treat. This is for real. 2022. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. You all can see who my guest is today. He is the gold standard in libertarian thinking. He is the best known freedom fighter in the United States of America. He is a dear friend and he is a great historical figure former congressman and Dr. Ron Paul. Ron, uh, welcome to Judging Freedom. Always a, a pleasure when you can join us. Great, Judge. It's good to be with you again. I haven't seen you for a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. Why, in your opinion, are we uh, spending billions of dollars in Ukraine today? You know, that that's a pretty good question because it's like insanity. <laughs> Who permitted this insanity? You know what I I read today that it was there and they, and they, and the, uh, Ukrainians want the money because they need the money and because they have a deficit problem and they have an energy problem and they're having all these internal problems and, and they want more money. And I said, and, and, uh, we complain a little bit. You hear a little complaint. Fortunately, there's at least some complaining about it, but it makes no sense whatsoever. Because when uh, I read that list of things he was asking for, we were suffering every bit as much as they were. It might be much worse because we can cover our tracks because we have so much more power. We have the military power and we have the economic power. And we have the reserve currency so we can get away with it. But I, I tell you what, it makes it makes no sense. But it does conform to the philosophies that the, so many people have been taught over the years. You know, the progressive theories have been around and, you know, I was making a comment the other day that, uh, you know, the uh, educational system isn't really so hot in our country compared to what, you know, the founders went through. Uh, they, they were well educated. And I said, you know, <clears throat> I was in Congress for a significant length of time and uh, I met a lot of people and I tried to uh, do my best to at least to talk to people rather than punching them in the nose. But I kept saying, I thought, why, why do you do this? And they say, well, they, they really, they really don't know. I said, have you ever heard of Austrian economics? Have you ever heard of von Mises? What? No, there's, and that to me, maybe, maybe I'm overreacting, Judge, but that's, that's a tip off. If, uh, and, and there's sometimes reporters would very honestly and confused and say, well, what are you talking about? You, you know, and I think that, uh, you and others have been talking about what we're talking about, Austrian and free market economics, and it conforms with much of what this country was. It's a free market system and gold standards and this sort of thing. But the members of Congress basically, except for about, you know, five to ten of our friends, they never heard of it. Well, do you think that uh, members of Congress agree with the uh, sort of mentality of the globalist nationalists in uh, in Western Europe and in the State Department, uh, that if we support Ukraine with enough money and maybe even secretly with enough men, Colonel uh, Douglas McGregor, a mutual friend of ours, says we probably have about a uh, hundred or so special forces on the ground out of uniform. Uh, that if we do this effectively, they can chase Putin from office. Do you think that's really the goal? of Tony Blinken and, and his crew in the State Department? 
No, but, uh, you know, if, if we were a truly uh, libertarian, free society that respected the Constitution, it shouldn't be the goal of anybody uh, unless there's a reason to justify, you know, some type of uh, use of force uh, because we've been attacked. But, you know, Jazz, if you look at what's been going on for a good many years, if uh, we're generous and say just since World War II, just think how much carnage we have caused, how much money we have spent on yeah. harm. Yeah. And uh, it, it is, it's just atrocious what, what has happened. And uh, I, I just can't understand why people put up with it. So I've been a pessimist in the sense when I talk to crowds, I'll tell them, I said, this is terrible stuff. And you're not going to just elect a couple more people to solve the problem. You should. One or two there here and there might help a lot. But ultimately, the problems that we have have to be liquidated. You have to get rid of the debt and the malinvestment, uh, and there has to be a cleansing. Unfortunately, yeah, the, the Marxists come along and say, yeah, that's exactly what we want. We want a complete chaos to wipe out every everything there is with civilization, so we'll rebuild a much better deal. And uh, that's, that is what we're facing today because uh, – we're not going to, if you're realistic, we're not going to, even with a lot of Republicans, conservatives, and pretend libertarians if they're in office after after the election this year, they're, they're not going to, this doesn't happen. You know, for years I've always said, <clears throat> I've, I've heard it for so many times, this year is different. we got to yeah. get out there because it's different. Now, this year, I think, Maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, there will be a little bit of difference. And on the short run, there might be. But basically, you know, you know, Judge, both parties, they both support, you know, the funny money system. They both endorse the interventionist foreign policy and the spending. They, uh, you know, they're very good buddies when it comes to spending. So nothing really changes uh, uh, on the long run. And that's what counts because, uh, you know, who knows? What we're facing, uh, there has to be the corrections. It's not going to happen. There'll, you know, just think of how much money the Republicans and Democrats printed here in these last several years. They'll do anything to try to prevent the corrections that the market is demanding. So it almost doesn't matter in the long run who wins the midterms, the elections that are coming a week from tomorrow, uh, because as you say, both parties support this open spigot in Ukraine. Both parties support deficit spending. Even when the Republicans were in the majority, your legislation uh, to open up and audit the Fed never really made it beyond first base because the Republicans are in bed with the banksters just like the uh, Democrats are. It's almost hopeless the way the government just keeps growing and its debt just keeps increasing and the value of, do- of the dollar just decreases no matter who's in the White House and which party controls Congress. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. But the the other factor that enters into it is uh, we propose that. Uh, most of us are familiar with the Depression of 1921. Uh, and uh, they, there was uh, things out of whack because of the monetary inflation of the 20s. And uh, that was when they sort of kept your hands off, let things correct itself. But that, now we, we have that. So if we had a, a much better Congress and they start to do it, 
where why it it's not likely to work is there's a political cost to this because there's not enough people who understand what we think they should understand that you have to liquidate debt and you have to go back and bite the bullet you have to quit spending if you're a person in bankruptcy you have to spend less money and work harder and pay off your debt so this is a this is a problem there still would be some pain and suffering and uh yet if you don't do it the pain and suffering that we're looking at it can be much much worse and that takes uh, it's an educational problem as much as anything and uh that is why you have been involved and we all have tried to very often to get people to understand you know the basics of uh of economics and in that area and i know you've worked hard with the mises institute that's where i think we're making some progress but it still takes time how uh, dangerous and how naive uh is president biden's attitude that uh putin is just bluffing when he's talking about nuclear weapons i mean suppose biden is wrong and putin is not bluffing <laughs> well that that's the thing you know i talked a little bit about that because putin uh, we we go along and we uh compliment the uh, fin- uh Finland for saying oh you can put your nukes on our property it's no big deal but it challenges all common sense and even our own agreements that uh, we wouldn't be put our nukes right up on the borders of 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 Russia so what did Putin say he says well maybe we'll just put some nukes <laughs> open up and put some of our missiles in Cuba and i got to thinking 60 years ago Cuban crisis October guess what that was that was when I had a significant event in my life I was drafted you know because of the chaos back then so it's uh it, it also is is the whole thing about what uh, what when I would talk about foreign policy I would say well what if they did to us what we do to them so this unfortunately under these circumstances if they do to us what we do to them and they put nukes back in Cuba uh right. we you know there's no John Kennedy or Khrushchev to try to get us out of that mess do you uh, share the view of um uh, Colonel McGregor that this slow creeping of more and more uh, American and NATO involvement in Ukraine is dangerously the beginning of world war 3. Well, I won't you go share, you share the view of some of our other colleagues who fear that we actually have started world war 3 by our foolish involvement in extending uh this war. Yeah, I understand that argument and I fear that, but I usually don't go quite so far that next week, you know, we're going to be in world war 3, but it it certainly could in, involve that. So that that to me is is scary and uh and yet uh because what we have it doesn't allow us to work problems out it's only allowed us to continue with this nonsense and when i think back at preventative medicine is always something that i like lately medicine has been so screwed up and you know, there's not much of that because it's so distorted but preventative policy would be great and that's why one of the tragic figures who just didn't get his point across for various reasons and that was Robert Taft he said stay out of NATO and today there was an article on the internet there was some people talking about this he said maybe the problem is that we're in NATO maybe we ought to get out of NATO and uh if we don't do something like that then the policy will 
uh, lead, you know, to uh, something like World War III, which is a real, well, a real tragedy as far as I can concern. Well, when when George H. Uh, w. Bush and uh, Jim Baker, following on the heels of Ronald Reagan, pretty much uh, precipitated the, uh, along with Margaret Thatcher and Pope John Paul II, the liberation of Eastern Europe. Baker is alleged to have said to uh, Gorbachev, don't worry, NATO will stay right where it is. Now, of course, it's 800 miles to the east, and the most bellicose member of NATO, it appears, uh, is the uh, president of Poland, who's been calling for an invasion of Russia, reclaiming of Ukraine, and even an assassination of Putin. I think it's very dangerous that we're still uh, involved in NATO. And it's like NATO is looking either to bloody Putin's nose or to push him out of office. Well, you know, the the whole principle of the empire, uh, and a lot of people don't like us to refer to it, but I do, because uh, we're, we maintain so much. We are still very wealthy. We have a reserve currency of the world, and we can get away with uh, printing money. But as long as we can do that, they're going to continue with that. But that is why we have to change the policy. And yet, if you do, I, and I'm sure you remember in my campaign, occasionally they would accuse me of being un-American. And I didn't care about the troops. So that's what you have to put up with. You know, uh, you, you're not, uh, you, you're, you're not partisan enough and, and you're not patriotic. And that has to change. But you know, I see a lot and you, I know, talk to a lot of young people as well. I've at times been encouraged to, with, uh, with those, uh, rallies that we had that young people are capable of, uh, coming our way. But I think it would be foolish for us to say, hey, we're over the hump. The momentum is on our side. We don't have to worry about uh, the motives uh, of both our politicians and the Russian politicians, because who knows what that'll lead to. And that is, that is, of course, uh, a grave danger. Tell us uh, what the Ron Paul Institute is doing these days, Ron. Pardon me, what we're doing? Yes. Oh, it's the same old, same old. People say, did you give up medicine? Did you get out of Congress? Did you retire from this? When did you get started this? And when did you quit this? Actually, once, uh, <laughs> once I discovered, you know, in 1971, I studied the uh, uh, Austrian School of Economics during the 60s. And the predictions that they made then came true. And it was a dramatic night for me because I just happened to be listening to the news on a Sunday night on August 15th, 1971, which was a declaration of a yes. big deal. And, the gold uh, standard. Yeah. And that, that, that literally meant we were bankrupt and we couldn't do it. So that, uh, that has changed all things. And of course, we're living on borrowed money and borrowed time. And, uh, there's, there's going to be a payback. And, uh, unfortunately it's, it's going to be rough, but it doesn't have to be that way. And it is. And, uh, and the biggest thing is it's sort of like talking to a patient that has cancer and has to go through a very, very dangerous, serious operation. But if we can get that operation done, you'll be cured of your cancer. Oh, I don't want to have a, I, I don't want to have to go through the operation and the recovery period. Well, that's the way it is in economics. They, they don't, uh, 
They don't want to accept it. Besides, the opposition, Republicans and Democrats, they offer an easy way out. Even even today, they're talking about, well, they have this silly notion that the answer to inflation is depression. Cause, a, <laughs> you know, cause, cause everybody to go out of work and, 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 and keep the prices going up. You know, that's, that's the insanity of it all, but that's total ignorance. And that, that to me is a real tragedy because it's not that complicated to understand what free markets and property rights are all about. You know, uh, in your years in the Congress, you and I uh, talked about this. We often mocked the names of legislation like the Patriot Act is the most unpatriotic thing Congress did since the Alien and Sedition Acts. But now they have the Inflation Reduction Act, which is borrowing and spending money, which is the cause of inflation. And then they do it with a straight face, too. Yes. I remember you telling me a story because there was a little bit of discussion. And I don't want to mention names, but there was a congressperson that came to you. Uh, she knew you and respected you. And Judge, talk to me. You talked to her a long time about the Patriot Act. You gave the, and you probably gave him, <laughs> gave her an hour's lecture. And yeah. and guess, and you know what happened. <laughs> she yes, voted she for still, the darn thing. She you know, when, still, when she was, still voted for it. Yeah, we, I, 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 I thought those times were crazy, Ron. I now think the present times uh, are worse. You're a little bit happier and a little bit more optimistic uh, than I am. I think it doesn't matter which party is in power. The major issues, fighting foreign wars, continuation of debt, and and bowing to the Federal Reserve, I don't see them changing unless the federal government goes out of business and we break off into into separate republics and every libertarian will want to live in New Hampshire or Texas. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, every time I see some insanities, I... Daniel and I'll be talking and he'll, he'll make out the points of why this is so bad. I said, Daniel, not so. We, this, this news just got out and 10,000 Americans saw this and they said, this is outrageous. I didn't know it was true. So there's the conversion. That is sort of what I noticed. And we talked about it was how people's attitudes when, when you get a crowd of parents together complaining about lockdown and what they've done to our kids. Yeah. I know things are bad and they're still getting worse, but there was still a time when they would get together and somebody would speak up and people would join in and saying, that's yeah. right. And I think, yeah. I think there is some of that. That's why on the short term, there's some optimism to say that maybe, maybe there will just be a temporary reprieve because they're not dealing like we've already talked about. They're not dealing with a real important issue. They're not talking about an audit of the Fed or getting rid of the Fed or balancing the budget or getting the government out of our lives. They're not talking about bringing the troops off, all the things that, uh, when when I was uh, you know the campaigning, I I was I was almost uh, you know shocked that there was a good reception for it. So I, I think people will respond favorably, but they have to hear the message. Uh, yes, they do. Respond to. And and nobody is better at getting the message out than you are. You are and remain and always have been the happy warrior, Congressman Paul. God love you. I, I I give thanks for our friendship and I give thanks for you as a historical figure in America. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you. And nice being with you. Thank you. Judge Napolitano with Ron Paul for Judging Freedom.